It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. As restrictions continue again for the coming weeks, we'll again emphasise the key points in relation to COVID-19 guidelines and how they impact the sector. We hear from IFA President Tim Cullinan on the special payment available to farmers and the ongoing work to get information out in the community about the help that is there and available for anyone in need. We've come across a Cork couple creating a rooftop farm in the city centre. Yes, you've heard right. An example of making good in the circumstances after a farm supplies business became a victim of the current situation. Last week, we briefly mentioned some information from Safe Food in relation to COVID-19. Farm Talk hears from Dr Linda Gordon, Chief Specialist in Microbiology, on practical advice and tips on food shopping and storage to ensure health and safety. Irish Wildlife Trust makes an appeal to the farming organisations in relation to wildfires in the wake of significant damage to habitats and the environment this spring. National Rural Network has a series of webinars running designed to point the way to reducing emissions from agriculture. West Cork-based David Purcell is a B&T Drystock Advisor with Tiagask and joins us to discuss issues around grazing at this time. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at some of the stories making the agri-headlines this week. Farm Talk on C103. The IFA has again been clarifying the criteria around those entitled to the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment. It's available to farmers who cease trading, that is, unable to sell or buy animals, crops or other produce. Part-time farmers who lost off-farm employment also qualify. IFA President Tim Cullinan has been explaining a bit more to Farm Talk. We lobbied Minister um, Regina Doherty on that. We were excluded at the start, but we got farmers included in that. And the criteria is uh, if you do not sell any livestock for a six-week period or if you have if you have lost a part-time job, well, then you're clearly entitled to it. It's very straightforward, Barry, and that is there and available. And John, if any farmer has any queries around that, we have set up a COVID hub and if a farmer just goes www.ifa.ie, go into the COVID hub and they'll see the relevant people are in there to deal with that. And of course, you've had the helpline in place since the onset of this crisis, Tim. How busy has that been? What sort of response have you been getting? Absolutely. It's been very, very busy, Barry. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's great. Like we set up that uh, hub early in the time. And, you know, the traffic through there is, 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 is enormous, actually. You know, it, it, it's ongoing every day. Because people obviously are concerned and worried, and you know, 
we are ensuring that we have people at the back of that uh, every day of the week. You know, that farmers can get information readily. And for just while I'm on there, Barry, I think you know, I think first of all, I think it's important that we do remember the the frontline people in the health service, the excellent job they're doing. But look, also in food production, or right from our own farmers, so they've continued to work through this crisis and lorry drivers and you know collecting milk and delivering feed and fertilizer and and all the people that are working in the processing industry in the dairy in 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 the meat processing so i think it's important to remember all of those people as well because they are an essential part of producing good quality food and if there was ever a time that good quality food was needed in a time of crisis like this it's absolutely essential so we've seen at the start of this how vulnerable the flu, the food supply chain is. A disruption for a few days, and you could see that there would be no food in supermarkets. You know, that's how vulnerable it is. So it's important that we all keep that in sight as well. Tim Cullinan, IFA president. Now, in the news during the week, we heard that farmers shouldn't get a coronavirus bailout unless they improve emissions, according to an environmental commentator. The agri-sector is, of course, one of the industries looking for help to deal with the COVID-19 crisis. But John Gibbons believes they don't deserve it and says farmers should have grants and subsidies withheld if they cannot improve their environmental record. In 2018, the average beef farmer in Ireland would have got about 158% of his net income in the form of direct payments. So this is a sector, the beef sector in Ireland, that is already underwater. The type of agriculture that we are supporting, 91% of Irish land is used for livestock. Agriculture, even though it's a relatively small part of our economy, uses 34% of our emissions. But Brendan Golden of the IFA's Livestock Committee is defending farmers' record on the environment. We're fully on board with what we need to do um, for climate change and on the green policy. And farmers have been doing their part. We have Glass Scheme, Green Low Carbon Agri-Environmental Scheme, which is delivering huge amounts on the environment. Muinter Natira continues to provide weekly updates and is playing its part in the community call. Both Cork City and County Councils have free phone helpline numbers and online assistance available. Any other queries can be directed to the customer service line on 0214-924-000 or service centre at corkcity.ie. The Winter Natira website has COVID-19 important updates, how to protect against fraud during COVID-19 and advice as well for vulnerable people at this time. In the interests of securing the safety, health and well-being of Dairy Gold members, their employees, customers, contractors, visitors and other partners across the business, Dairy Gold has now established a pandemic response steering group. This group is closely monitoring the COVID-19 situation daily to ensure that any necessary actions and measures would be taken. Dairy Gold has implemented a strict protocol for all on-farm collection and deliveries in relation to feed, fertiliser and milk. All drivers and or haulers entering Dairy Gold members' farms have been fully briefed and are following strict hygiene procedures. Dairy Gold are satisfied that the necessary precautions are being taken to ensure minimal disruptions to the co-op's supply chain as we enter the busy peak season. Dairy Gold farmer guidance for COVID-19 at farm level consists of the following eight main steps. Limit farm access to essential visitors only. 
If a farm visit is necessary, ensure direct contact is minimal, following HSE guidelines and keep a record of all visitors to the farm. Notify Dairy Gold of suspected or confirmed cases. Wear gloves while milking. Sanitise all surfaces that the driver is likely to come in contact with. A bin to be provided for the haulier to dispose of used gloves. Personnel on the farm are to have strictly no personal contact with the driver. Finally, number eight, place a biosecurity sign at the farm entrance. Further information available at the following websites www.hse.ie or www.ecdc.europa.eu, all lowercase. John O'Connor for the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Farm Talk on C103. We continue on Farm Talk this week with the story of a Cork couple who are creating a rooftop farm, which they hope will not only supply fresh fruit and veg to proprietors, but will become an interactive project for the local community. Brian McCarthy and his partner Ty Carlos found themselves at a loss when their work was abruptly halted due to COVID-19. They decided to grow flowers, fruit and vegetables on a quarter of an acre site on a rooftop off Corn Market Street in Cork City Centre. Brian told C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran how it began. The idea came about initially, I suppose, about four weeks ago. Both myself and my partner Ty uh, found ourselves with a lot more spare time on our hands as a result of COVID-19. So my uh, my business, Central Farrell Supplies, we had to close as a result of, of the lockdown measures. And uh, my partner, uh, where she works, had to close also. So we said, you know, let's we have a courtyard here near our, where we live in our apartment. And we thought, let's do something in the courtyard. Um, and we were sitting up on the courtyard one evening, which overlooks where the rooftop farm is now. And we said, wow, there's an awful lot more space there. Let Maybe we could do something here a bit more substantial, a bit more, you know, uh, meaningful. So. We got an, a structural engineer to take a look at the building below and the the structure of it. We explained what we kind of had planned in terms of the amount of soil we wanted to put up there and got the green light from him. And yeah, we started into it then. We got a polytunnel, bought a load of seeds, started planting them up and they've all started to grow now, thankfully. And is it flowers or is it vegetables or what? What exactly? We'll be growing. So we'll be growing basically flowers, herbs, fruit and vegetables, obviously. We kind of want to have a nice mixture of everything there. So I suppose flowers, number one, I suppose the the ecology needs to be quite good as we're in a a rooftop environment. Wouldn't be a massively diverse biodiversity up there currently. So we need to draw in insects, flies, and we're also thinking of putting a beehive up there. We're also thinking maybe putting a few chickens on the roof. <laughs> um, and yeah, just have a, a naturally healthy environment up there. Um, not only to try and promote the, the welfare of the soil, but also the, you know, for the welfare of the plants as well. So um, it's, um, it's essentially a farm, but it's just on a rooftop in the city centre. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So... The rooftop is about just under a quarter quarter of an acre, um, so it's it's not not unsubstantial in terms of 
square footage in the city centre and but compared to your average farm size i suppose it's tiny i mean initially when we when we started this we said we were just doing this to just grow some vegetables it was just like let's do something to, to fill our time but this is this is really kind of taken off unexpectedly and the reaction has been amazing so with the reaction we've kind of we've set our ambitions a bit higher i suppose for it and yeah we'd we'd really like it to become an interactive project both for the local community and we'd also like it to you know be obviously self-sustaining and 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 maybe potentially a profitable business into the future but it's very much early days with that we're just finding our feet i mean we've had huge interest from local restaurants and proprietors in cork city and in the surroundings yeah we've kind of been blown away by that that was totally un unforeseen we didn't we didn't imagine any of that kind of thing happening and we will check it again on the project over the coming weeks that was Brian McCarthy there speaking to C103's senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. National Rural Network has organised a series of webinars designed to point the way in reducing emissions from agriculture. They'll focus on key topics to help agri-professionals better understand the research on greenhouse gas emissions and to equip them with the information needed to meet their clients' needs. NRN's Aoife Smith joins us on Farm Talk to explain more about the signpost series. So it's, it's between ourselves, National Rural Network, Chag is connected, as you mentioned, um, Dairy Sustainability Ireland and Food and Drinks Ireland Skillnet. Um, and we had run a few um, one-day seminars where, back in the old days nearly, where we gathered into a room and met personally and we were running these as, as a whole-day series. Um, so when the COVID hit, we, we decided we'd go online and there's actually loads of um, topics. You know, one hour doesn't doesn't um, allow to cover a lot uh, or multiple topics, if you like. So we decided we'd break it down um, into monthly series and see how we go. So the numbers attending so far have been great. We ran them through the month of April and they were very successful um, and they're going to run through till the end of July at the moment. For the month of May, like you said yesterday morning, we had um, Pat Tootie on. He, he, he spoke about um, land drainage. Next week, we have Jack Nolan from the Department of Agriculture, and he's going to speak about the nitrate derogation and what we need to do to maintain it. That would be of interest to um, dairy farmers and intensive beef farmers, if you like, that would be available of that. So we're very much focusing on the reducing emissions from agriculture. Um, climate change is so relevant now at the moment that we don't want to get the message lost. So we just see this as an excellent opportunity to sit down and discuss the science-based fact. The, the webinars are not solely for farmers or people um, working directly with farmers. They're very much available and easy to understand for anyone in the general public that might just even have an interest in wondering, you know, there's certain things you might read in the newspaper and you might just want background as to where those those statements are coming from. So, so it's a good opportunity just to reach out to the, the broader public about um, what's actually happening, what, what, what the greenhouse gas emissions mean, you know. Yeah, and it's probably a big change for people too because, like you mentioned, the one-to-one -one across a crowded room and now mm -hmm. you're online, you're on the web, uh, webinars instead of conferences, instead of seminars. How are people yeah. adapting? People are adapting relatively well. Like, it's very hard to organise an event and get 200 people into a room. And we're reaching numbers of 200 to 250 um, weekly at this stage through the online webinars. And it's probably because 
um, you know, you don't have the commute to go to Cork or um, or at Lone or Dublin or wherever the conference may be, so you're not taking up half your day. Um, now, you are missing out on the whole personal element of it, and I'm sure things will return to those um, at some stage. But um, at the moment, the, the, the webinars, the, the, the reach for us is, is absolutely excellent online, and we might not be reaching those numbers if if we were to do it in a room, because you might only do four roadshows in four locations across the country, you know. And you've been trying, you know, some, some other initiatives as well. You were telling me about, you know, getting kids involved, and I suppose there's a lot of people who are at home now, and they're pent up, and they're in the house, and, and they're wondering what they can do, and you're looking at different ways of keeping them happy, I suppose, and keeping them abused. So what yeah. have you been doing? So at the moment, we have a colouring competition um, available um and we've teamed up with AgriKids to do this. The title of the initiative is Farm Safe, Farm Nature. So obviously with children being at home and the weather being so good, we don't want to lose sight of um, the importance of farm safety. So that's why that's in the title. And then obviously AgriKids, um, they, they're massive drivers for farm safety as well. But um, the main topics that we as a national rural network might cover are um, biodiversity and climate change. So very much the environment side of things as well. So in the colouring competition, um, we have three pictures up online for um, parents or children to, to download. And they can print those off and colour them, take a picture of their picture that they've just decorated and send it into us. All the information is there online. Um, and then it is a competition as well. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's a good initiative. And it, it went live Thursday. We've received some fabulous entries so far from different counties, Cavan, Leash, Galway and, and a few others. So um, it'd be great just if your listeners wanted something else to do with, with their children. There's plenty of information up online about the environment and what farmers are trying to do um, to protect the birds or to protect water quality. On Facebook, we're called the National Rural Network and it's pinned to the top of our page, um, the competition, just click, click the link and it'll bring you to all the information that, that you might need to know. Aoife Smith of National Rural Network, and you can check out their website at nationalruralnetwork.ie. The main provisions of the bovine TB COVID-19 protocols are to be reviewed this weekend, 2nd of May 2020. Amongst the current provisions of the bovine TB COVID-19 protocols are that calves under 121 days are exempt from TB testing other than in reactor herds and for export purposes. Herds that go out of test have a 28-day grace period before the suspension is applied for being out of test. During this 28-day period, they can continue to trade as normal. If a farmer or a vet is of the opinion that an animal cannot be tested while complying with HSE guidelines, then that animal should not be tested. No cross-compliance will occur for delayed tests, where the delay is due to COVID-19. The full protocol is available at the following website, www.bovinetb.ie, all lowercase. According to the latest bovine TB figures up to 29th of March 2020 from the department, disease trends have deteriorated over the past three years into the first quarter of 2020. Cork North, for example, had 577 reactors out of the 1,289 herds tested with 62 herds restricted since 1st of January 2020. 
Cork West had 164 reactors out of the 1,110 herds tested, with 34 herds restricted since 1st of January 2020. At under 4%, bovine TB incidence in Ireland remains at far lower levels than in previous decades. But disease trends have worsened over the past three years. Full review available at the following website, www.bovinetb.ie. All lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., We continue this week's Farm Talk with Safe Foods advice for food shopping and storage during the COVID-19 restrictions. First, some statistics around the food sector at this time. Retail data shows that March was the biggest one for grocery sales ever recorded. Shopper spend is up 27% as households make bigger shopping trips. There's been a 32% increase in the purchase of frozen and cupboard stored food. And more Irish households than ever have placed an online shopping order. In response, Safe Food is encouraging shoppers to visit safefood.eu for practical advice and tips on food shopping and storage to ensure good health and safety is to the fore. Everyone at this stage has observed the changed landscape when food shopping with trolley wipes, sanitizers, paper towels and gloves the order of the day. Dr Linda Gordon is Chief Specialist in Microbiology with Safe Food and join C103's Patricia Messenger on the Cork Today show to discuss these issues in light of COVID-19. No evidence that this virus or previous coronaviruses such as SARS um, are transmitted through food packaging or through food. So the risk, the, there is agreement that the risk is low, is very low for, for picking up the virus from food packaging. And we have to remember all of the hygiene measures that food companies have in place to, you know, to control any risks of any kind, any kind of um, contamination. So hand washing is probably the best way to control that risk. 
So we would advise that you wash your hands before you leave the house, okay. that you make use of whatever facilities that the supermarkets are providing for hand sanitising and also for sanitising the handle of your trolley. So it's those kind of surfaces that are very frequently touched that would be of more concern than food packaging. So something like the shopping trolley handle, as I mentioned, or door handles and things like that, that there's very high frequency of people touching those. Those are the kind of surfaces that we need to sanitise. Wash your hands as soon as you come home. And I think that's a good habit no matter what we've been doing. And I suppose shopping is, supermarket shopping is one of the only outings, I suppose, that most of us have at the moment. So there's kind of a heightened anxiety maybe around it. So wash your hands as soon as you come home. Then unpack and put away your shopping. And especially remember things like perishable foods need to go in the fridge straight away. So it wouldn't leave those sitting around, even if you are choosing to to disinfect or sanitise. So wash your hands straight away, unpack and put away your shopping, and then wash your hands again to wear or not to wear disposable gloves while out shopping. I've noticed in the supermarkets, I have to say I don't wear disposable gloves, but I'm neurotic about washing my hands, so I'm hoping I'm okay there. But I have noticed probably 50% of the people in the store are wearing disposable gloves. What's, what's your view on that? Well, again, I think gloves can give you a false sense of security. You know, people sometimes feel, I've put on the gloves, therefore I'm immune to any contamination. So, but what you're doing with frequent hand washing is, more effective than wearing gloves. You know, gloves are suitable in a controlled kind of environment, like in a hospital, like clinical setting and in maybe a laboratory. And sometimes they're used in food, but they have to be changed very frequently. And, you, you know, and you have to maintain your good hand hygiene. It's very easy to forget what you've touched, you know, when you haven't, when you have that glove kind of separating you. You know, you're more conscious of what you've touched when you've no gloves on you, I think. Um, so I, I don't recommend, and nor does the HSC recommend, that people wear gloves kind of routinely outside the home. Okay. There's very little benefit to them. But again, the risk from packaging is very low. I, you know, people are observing in the supermarkets very good hand hygiene, and you could all even ask them, you know, what extra measures they are taking to make sure things are safe. Again, good hand hygiene, washing your hands before you handle it, making sure that you're not having any contact with the person delivering it. So maybe asking them to leave it at the door and then leave before you bring it in. And then washing your hands afterwards should be enough to control the risk. But I do understand, and I just want to mention, if people are using disinfectants and things like that, and we are all using those a bit more now, you know, even if it's just for door handles and things. And I would just mention that it's a good idea to check to read the instructions because some of those are only effective if you leave them on for a couple of minutes before wiping them off. So again, these are kind of powerful chemicals. So I would um, ask people or remind people to, to use them in accordance with the instructions and, you know, don't mix bleach with other chemicals and things like that. Dr. Linda Gordon there of Safe Food. There's more information and practical advice about food, food shopping and COVID-19 on the Safe Food website, safefood.eu. Irish Wildlife Trust is calling on farming organisations to support a new approach to land management after wildfires swept through the countryside again this spring. These fires, described as destructive, have become the hallmark of the Irish Spring, obliterating nesting birds, insects and natural habitats, along with the harm caused to the environment. Irish Wildlife Trust's Podrick Fogarty joins us on Farm Talk. And I began by asking him how bad the wildfires have been this spring. Yeah, well, I mean, in particular, Killarney National Park saw a very big fire that was very damaging. Uh, we also saw a fire in Sleeve Mish uh, on the Dingle Peninsula, again, another special area of conservation. Um, a lot of these places, t- they tend to be 
burnt kind of year year after year and it means that the the damage really is compounded you know i mean really the the big damage is done in year one and then year two year three then the ability for the landscape to recover after that greatly diminishes so in many of these cases uh let's say along the the peninsulas in west cork near bantry and so on um a lot of the ground nesting birds you know haven't been recorded there in years you know so they're they're already locally extinct so uh, the damage uh, overall really has been enormous. Now, the dry conditions don't help, but obviously there's always an amount of illegal burning as well. Oh, I mean, all burning is illegal. Uh, that has to be said. There is no, uh, there's no open season for wildfires. Even if you wanted to start a fire uh, within the rules, you have to do all kinds of form filling and notifications and have a plan. So all of these fires are illegal. Now, how they're being caused, of course, we don't really know for sure. But we know that the fire service has come out and described a lot of these fires as agricultural in nature. So uh, that gives you an idea, really, of where, where a lot of them are, are coming from. With that in mind, Irish Wildlife Trust has written to the large farming organisations and you're looking for support for certain measures. Yeah, now two years ago, the Department of Agriculture said that if your land was burnt, you would not be getting the single farm payment. Uh, and that, that really was, is a big deterrent uh, to landowners for, for having burnt land. But at the moment, it's all stick and no carrot. So we we wrote to uh, three of the farming organizations that have an interest in the uplands, and we have three ideas that we were hoping they would support. So one of those uh, ideas was paying farmers for restoring natural habitats on their land. So at the moment, farmers get penalized if they have woodlands or wetlands or bog on their land. So we really have to reverse that. You know, that's really at the heart of, of creating the incentive for destroying a lot of these habitats. So that has to change. Uh, number two, we'd like to see what are called high-nature value farming programs rolled out across the country. So this is rewarding farmers for farming in a way that is uh, sympathetic with nature and the surroundings. And the third idea was uh, to support us in calling for a massive Re, uh, reorganization and refinancing of the National Parks and Wildlife Service. They're the three things we really need to uh, to reverse this problem. Now, we did have the Minister on the programme with us. We spoke about the penalties which are there to be enforced, but in your opinion, do they go far enough, uh, or if indeed they're implemented at all? No, I do accept the, uh, the, 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 um, the law as it stands is very hard to enforce. I do appreciate that the Department has tried... Uh, to get prosecutions, but it's actually very, very difficult. So um, I don't think this is from a lack of trying. Um, That's why they changed to penalising farmers based on the payment scheme. So it wasn't blaming anybody for for starting the fire, but it meant that there were farmers out there who didn't start the fire but are being punished for it. So that's not ideal. Um, So that's why we we feel that, you know, as as well as these penalties, we have to move to uh, a more incentive-based scheme that involves better communication with landowners and, you know, more of a long-term vision for what we want from our landscape. And we are in a very dry spell at the minute. It's a long weekend. I know people are restricted by movement uh, due to the COVID-19 guidelines, but what advice would you have for people this weekend, Porrick? Stay at home, number one, uh, follow the government guidelines, but uh, number two, we'd appeal to all landowners uh, not to light fires and to support us in, in what we're trying to achieve. Uh, we don't want to see farming disappear from the hills. We want to see healthy natural habitats that are, are healthy for wildlife and for people. So we really feel we need to be working together to, uh, to get the, the solution to this problem. Padraig Fogarty there of Irish Wildlife Trust.
Well, farming organisations are maintaining their COVID-19 advice based on the latest measures outlined by the government. Agriculture deemed an essential service, so it's exempt from the current directive to stay at home. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has a telephone helpline to assist farmers with their queries in relation to current COVID-19 restrictions in place. That information line, phone number 076 In addition, the department published a set of frequently asked questions on the coronavirus COVID-19 section of the department's website. Tagus Gulswa has a helpline for farmers. Their number 076 during office hours. And the website tagus.ie, also a prime source of information on the full range of issues facing farm businesses. Farm Talk on C103. Next on the programme, the Irish Farmers Journal reports this week that coronavirus is set to boost silage driver numbers. With the silage season only a short time away, contractors are reporting no difficulty in sourcing drivers for the summer. Construction work has been virtually halted across the country, with the hospitality sector forced into widespread layoffs. The upside for contractors has been an increase in calls from those looking for work. Contractors have been designated an essential service for farmers and are able to work provided protocols around social distancing guidelines are observed. IFA has said that co-ops cannot expect farmers to take all the pain of difficult dairy markets. The National Dairy Committee is currently preparing to engage with co-op board members ahead of the early May meetings to set the April milk price. IFA is urging co-ops to optimise the price after the severe March cuts to ensure farmers are not being asked to take all the pain of challenged dairy markets. ICSA says drought conditions and COVID-19 create the perfect storm for the tillage sector at this time. The lack of rainfall during April will impact yields and compound difficulties for the sector in the coming months. Yields are likely to be down significantly due to the extended dry period and coupled with the expected fall in price have the makings of a perfect storm. Along with the reduction of average rainfall for April, the market disruption is causing havoc with demand from the drink sector severely impacted. ICSA said tillage farmers cannot be left out when it comes to support measures from the government or the EU. UCC has announced an innovative new project using duckweed to treat wastewater, typically slurry from beef and dairy farms. The project, entitled Brainwaves, has received €1.4 million and is being led by Professor Marcel Janssen at UCC. Brainwaves will measure the natural ability of duckweed to thrive in and purify polluted water, producing both clean water and a supply of animal feed. Over the course of the project, farmers will be invited to view the full-scale demonstration model and will be provided with materials and manuals to replicate on their own farms, directly contributing to both the sustainability and the economic viability of the beef and dairy industry. David Purcell, B&T Dry Stock Advisor with Tiagask, based in Skibbereen, joins us in Farm Talk. And today's expert topic is dry stock performance and dosing. I began by asking David, what are the grazing targets for dry stock at this time of the year? From late April onwards, uh, grass supply isn't restricted on farms. On most cases, the difficulty is with grass surpluses and underutilisation of herbage, which leads to pasture which which has um, a reduced quality. So 
Maintaining high pasture quality is the most effective way of achieving good animal performance. So this is keeping rotation length between 18 to 21 days. Cattle should be on an all-grass diet and target uh, pre-grazing covers of between 1,500 to a max of 2,000 kgs of dry matter per hectare with a high leaf content. Also, farmers um, should graze paddocks down to 4 to 5 centimetres of a sward height. If there is grass surpluses, uh, maybe farmers should con- uh, consider um, removing it as uh, roam bale silage. And what elements are we looking for when we're preparing a grassland management plan? What we're looking at, there are different methods in measuring grass in the field. One method is eyeballing. Other things that you'd be looking at is in relation to rotation length, um, getting cattle out to grass early in the season. Can you achieve 10 grazings uh, per paddock uh, on your farm? Also, farmers can, can use Pasture Base Ireland to, to record uh, grass measurements. Decisions should be based on uh, grass measurements that are completed. Also, uh, grass ma- management decisions should be made out in the paddocks, not in the farmyard. So what farmers should be doing is try and go out twice weekly and um, record um, grass covers on pasture base to monitor grass growth rates and again they should be grazing down to four centimetres. And what requirements are needed to achieve target gains at grass? During the first um, grazing rotation look again beef animals should be have a grass allowance of two percent of their body weight again this will ensure good weight gain while maintaining uh, grass quality. Um, From early April onwards, um, you know, the total daily herbage allowance must be increased in line with the cattle numbers to to ensure animals continue to have 2% um, of their body weight in grass available. Also, getting uh, turnout dates and pasture covers uh, matching is critical on bee farms. Um, as the majority of units are not set up um, to easily move cattle in and out. A lot of dry stock farms, they don't have roadways, so again, maybe temporary roadways um, could be sent up to, to move to move cattle uh, between outside blocks where, where um, roadways uh, mightn't be in place. And during the grazing season then, what are the most important parasites to combat? Cattle can be affected by a number of different, say, parasites. So again, it should be remembered that cattle are often infected by one or more type of parasites at the same time. So the presence um, of worms caused a reduction in appetite and feed intake and also stops cattle... um, Utilising nutrients properly, this can result in poor growth weight. For example, lungworm, um, which is, um, say, a roundworm parasite similar to gutworms. It's known as 
to hooves and um, again this can affect young animals in the first grazing season such as calves if exposed uh, to a very high challenge in their early life um, again it can affect them severely another one is ostasia which is um, a, a, a stomach and gut worm um, which can affect the animal's um, health and performance. In cases of type 2 Ostasia, um, it is caused by larvae which has um, been dormant in the animal's stomach um, over the winter and um, can emerge in large numbers in the spring. And a good time then to review the parasite control at grass. So, again, um, the, the greatest risk period um, is after weaning in late summer and autumn. So, moving um, wean calves to the cleanest available um, pasture um, um, on most farms um, w- will be silage after grass um, or treating them with a warm dose um, with persistent action. Also, longworm um, may cause problems in young beef cattle um, at any stage, but um, coughing um, due to lungworms is more common in the second half of the grazing season, especially after weaning. So daily observation of calves for coughing, uh, it is vital for the entire grazing season. Deaths due to lungworm can occur. Uh, signs can quickly appear. Treatment with an appropriate anthelmetic is uh, is recommended immediately um, if uh, if coughing is heard in calves. Also, monitoring weights at turnout and uh, two months after turnout to calculate the average daily gains and conduct maybe fecal egg counts. Two months after turnout will give a good indication. If there has been exposure to, say, to gut worms and and, uh, response to any doses uh, used up early in the growing season. David Purcell, B&T Dry Stock Advisor with Tagus there, based in Skibbereen. The Waste Enforcement Lead Authorities have been called on to show clearly how the €1 million Euro ring fence allocation announced recently by Minister for the Environment, Mr Richard Bruton TD, will actually be spent. IFA Environment and Rural Affairs Chairman Mr Paul O'Brien said it was time now the government got tough on litter louts and cereal dumpers who are a blight on the Irish countryside. Mr O'Brien said that current waste management laws must be changed to ensure that reckless dumpers are pursued by local authorities and enforcement agencies and not the farmers on whose land the waste materials are often dumped. Earlier this year, the IFA say they made a detailed submission to the Department of the Environment calling for action to tackle what they saw as the urgent issue of illegal dumping in the countryside, very often occurring on farmland. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John. Over 250 Irish businesses have signed up to the Doorstep Market website. It was set up at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic, founded as a volunteer initiative amid concerns for small businesses and how they'd be affected by the lockdown measures. It's a one-stop shop for people to shop local while complying with the public health restrictions by staying at home. 
More than 750 products on offer. For example, artisan foods normally sold direct to customers at farm markets. And due to the restrictions, producers have been looking at other ways to sell their product direct to customers. The doorstep market is encouraging more small independent Irish businesses to get in touch and find out how they can sell their products. For more information, go to thedoorstepmarket.ie forward slash store setup. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,